Today, Jack, the show is all about you. You're in full control. It's about your favourite area, cap space. So, mate, that's me done. This is all about you. Go. First of all, hello to Jack. Good morning, Jack. Let's talk to Jack Duffin. Let's bring in Jack Duffin. In our Westminster studio is Jack Duffin. Welcome back to the third instalment of Jack's Salary Cap podcast, live and exclusive on the Paul Brown Podcast Network. So, we were initially going to be dropping every Tuesday, but that changed a little bit this week. Um, Paul has promised me we are going to get back to regular Tuesdays, but um, it's always a case of play it by ear. So, uh, here we go, guys. The Salary Cap We now know a lot more. We've had the cut down to 53, so it's not mine and other people's projections on what the roster will look like. We know Dorsey's made the moves. So we're currently spending, based on the figures over the cap, just over 102% of the standard NFL salary cap. So about middle of the pack for most teams. Obviously, there's still a lot of time to bring in some free agents and do some other stuff. In terms of the roster, we're spending... 88.5% of the NFL salary cap just on our roster. We've got a massive 13.7% of that, though, of our salary cap is tied up just in dead cap, injury reserve, or practice squad players. And that'll go down a lot next season once that dead cap clears. So sort of the salary cap space we're looking at at the moment is $59 I still think we're going to see someone in the region of Des Bryant, Jonathan Hankins, Prashad Breland sign this off-season, well not this off-season, this season. Um, somewhere, once the season starts, if we get an injury or something happens, I still think there's at least one big move out there. Whether I agree with it, we'll find out nearer the time, but I can definitely see that happening. So on the first show, we discussed quarterbacks. Salary cap, where to draft them, how to get the most out of them. Second, we did running backs, and this week we're on to wide receivers. Dabble a little bit in tight ends, but I'm going to focus purely on tight ends in the next show, so I won't go too deep, but obviously there's a lot to talk about. Do you take wide receivers or do you take tight ends? So here is a question for you. Without looking it up, at the moment, how many wide receivers do you think the Browns are paying this season? And here's the answer. It's 12. We're paying 12 wide receivers this year. You've got the six on the roster. Landry, 8.75%. Gordon, at 0.45%. Callaway, at 0.37%. Higgins, at 0.36%. Ratley, at 0.3%. And Willies, at 0.27%. And then we've got four that are accounting for dead cap. You've got... Kenny Britt on 2.75%. You've got Coleman, who is going to be paid 094 You've got Peyton, that's paid 0.06. You've got Janice, that's paid 0.06. So tiny amounts there. You've got two on injuries reserved in Lewis, who's on 0.44. Ford, that's on 0.2. Um, so that's what makes up the 12 people we're paying. 
we're obviously going to get a lot of that back next year once those are off injury reserve, once the dead cap clears. So it's not too much to worry about. But if we focus on where the money is and what we should be aiming for, my breakdown of it is you've got the roster. That's 10.5% of the salary cap. Dead money, 3.8%. And the IR is 0.6%. So in total, that's about 15% of the standard NFL salary cap we're spending just on the wide receiver room. And to give you the dollar figure, that's $26.5 million. Personally, where I set the target for getting the most out of our roster, we should be looking at around the 11% mark, which is about $19.5 which we're comfortably over. But if you just look at, if we cleared all that dead cap and got rid of the IR, then we are just under it. So how I'd build up that 11%, and th these are averages, um, because obviously you might get a special player where you move around the numbers. But I'd look at one player on sort of a tier two wide receiver contract at between three and six percent. I'd have two wide receivers on tier three contracts at between one and a half and three percent. And then I'd have three wide receivers on a somewhere between the third to seventh round rookie contract, which comes in at somewhere between a quarter and a half a percent. So them six together give you that 11% target we should be aiming for. When we sort of made the move for Jarvis Landry, I fear it's a lot of money. We're talking about someone that should clearly be the top 10 wide receiver in the NFL, dominating the game, racking up lots of yards. Unfortunately, in my eyes, he's not done that consistently enough. He catches lots of balls, but he doesn't get the touchdowns. He doesn't get the yardage. And... It's worrying. Um, I feel it's a lot of wasted cap there that we could have spread it across the room because if you're looking at sort of 11%, and yeah, we've got a luxury if Josh Gordon plays this year and next year of having a player on less than half a percent of the salary cap this year who should be, if he plays right, easily a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. But paying all that money to Landry means that if Gordon does stay healthy and gets a big contract from us in two years' time, then you're reducing your quality on the rest of the roster. You might have to drop the quality of your O-line. You might have to do something else to balance out the numbers. And Those sort of decisions, I don't think a Jarvis Landry is worth risking your cap structure for a player that hasn't delivered on a regular basis outside of being targeted and catching quite a lot of balls. I would always make the argument, you don't pay top wide receivers, you pay top tight ends. And if we look at the top 10 wide receivers, average per year, so it's looking at the length of their contract, averaging it out, the top 10 wide receivers on average get 15.89 million. And the top 10 tight ends on average take home 8.6 million across their contract. So, thinking about it, what would you rather have? A rookie wide receiver with a top 10 wide receiver on your roster, or would you have two of the top tight ends on your roster? And if you just look at the difference, that rookie and top 10 wide receiver comes in at 9.2% of your cap, and two top 10 tight ends in the NFL comes in at 9.7% of your cap. So, I know it's not as a simple choice as this, but if I gave you a choice of, let's say, Antonio Brown and 
a rookie in the third to late round. So let's see even Browns fans. Antonio Callaway, this season, with Brown, would you have Rob Gronkowski and Travis Kelsey? I know which one I'd rather have as a pair. I'd have them two tight ends because they would be destroying teams. Whereas if you're relying on one quality player and rookies, you just throw a couple of top corners on that wide receiver and you can at least slow them down. You're not going to stop an Antonio Brown. You're not going to stop a Kelsey and a Gronk. Where would I draft wide receivers? And hey, everyone knows I'm a fan of Sashi Brown. But he definitely made a mistake when he decided to take Corey Coleman in the first round. Personally, I wouldn't take any wide receiver in the first round. Never. I don't think it's worth it. Even if you see a player, you're like, this is the one. I would stay clear. I think there's other positions to focus. And we, as we go through this series, we've mentioned quarterback so far. There'll be some other positions where I say it's worth using a first round pick. I would even steer away, especially for a slot receiver, never in the second round. They're available in the third round and later on. You can get them in nice, cheap contracts. In terms of an outside wide receiver, if there's someone really special, maybe in the second round, and you've got a desperate need and not many holes um, left to fill on the roster. But for me, third round and later, I think that you can always find good value at the wide receiver room. You've got six on the roster, so if you take one every year, sort of in the third to seventh round range, you're always going to be replenishing your roster with young talent in a position where I don't think it's that important whether you win or not the wide receiver room. There's lots of metrics out there that say the teams with the tight ends, the top tight ends are more likely to make the playoffs than the team with the top wide receivers. And I think it's partly because cap. You've then got not that much money tied up in them. Wait until the third round and later to go grabbing them wide receivers. I'm going to focus now on personnel groupings. So for people that don't know before I start talking about them, when people say 10 personnel, 22 personnel, 11 personnel, what those two numbers mean is on offense you've got the five O-linemen, you've got one quarterback. What are those other five players? And the first number is the amount of running backs. The second number is the amount of tight ends. And whatever number left that adds up to five is how many wide receivers. So if you had 11 personnel, it's one running back, one tight end, and three wide receivers. If you've got 21 personnel, that's two running backs, one tight end, and two wide receivers. And if you've got 12 personnel, that's one running back, two tight ends, and two wide receivers. So they're the most common three. Looking back at the Browns last season, you had 11 personnel ran 63% of the time. 21 personnel with two running backs ran 16% of the time. And 12 personnel with two tight ends ran 13% of the time. There's been a massive rise in the amount of time teams are using 11 personnel. So back in 2008, it was 34% of the time. And then it's been a gradual rise where in 2016 it was 59% and 2017 it was 58%. So we're still using it 5% more than the average across the league. But there is a growing trend across every single team that they are using it more and more. 
And it's every, if not all teams, are using it over 50% of the time because the more wide receivers you can get on there, the more you get separation. And it's why when you flip it to defense, most teams are moving away from having three linebackers on the field because getting that one less linebacker and having that nickel cornerback who's more suited to dealing with a slot wide receiver makes sense. Unfortunately, Coach Williams doesn't go that way, but uh, maybe he'll change a bit more this season. The Browns used 11 personnel, the 13th most of any team last season. And for me, looking at the prices of wide receivers versus tight ends versus running backs, it's the most expensive package to run if you're using wide receivers purely to fill all of them three wide receiver spots. If you look at 12 personnel with two tight ends, then we were tied 26th in the league for using that the most. We're, it's, it's a middle expensive because tight ends are cheaper than wide receivers, but they're not as cheap as running backs. So 21 personnel, the Browns use this the fifth most of anyone in the league. And it's obviously going to happen when you've got the likes of Duke Johnson that you can use. And it's the cheapest way to set your team up. And the price of running backs gets cheaper every year. We might see a slight rise in the price now that um, Gurley got his deal. Bell's still holding out for one. But we don't know yet. And just looking across an average NFL roster, once you look at all the teams based on their 53s at the start of last season... You're looking at about four players in the running back room, including one fullback in most cases, six wide receivers, and three tight ends. And I think if we're going to be sensible, we need to move away from that. And I would go for four running backs, two of them receiving backs, two of them between the tackles backs. Focus on a lot more of that last episode. I wouldn't bother with the fullback. I just don't think there's the value there. If you're going to use one, just flip your blocking tight end back in there and put on an extra O-lineman. I would have only five wide receivers, four of them outside wide receivers and one slot receiver who you're not relying on to play every snap. And four tight ends. I'd have one blocking tight end, one in-line tight end, one move tight end and one that's either in-line or move depending on what you fancy. But I'll focus on a lot more of the difference between them and why they're really important in the game going forward next week. And it's important to remember that just because you're in 11 personnel and you've got three wide receivers out there, it doesn't mean they're actually wide receivers. Because Duke Johnson, probably one of the most exciting players for the Browns last season, was a running back, but also played regularly as a slot wide receiver. you got Njoku, who is a tight end, but can quite easily play in the slot, could even probably go out wide, the way you can get separation. So just because it says on the tin you're a certain position doesn't mean you have to stay there. But for me, I'd be looking to get as many packages in there where you can use the likes of Duke Johnson instead of a slot receiver, a David Njoku, or if you picked up another tight end, a even Seth Deval did it a lot last season can get in there and be sort of the inside guy. So most of the time, in terms of a cap perspective, I'd move to having your wide receivers are purely your people that are out on the sidelines creating and stretching the field just by pace and then allowing 
either your running backs or your tight ends to create all that space across the middle where there's space in there for your Njoku's to catch most receptions. And that's what I'd love to see. David Njoku, reception leader for the Browns. If you're doing that this year, then you're making solid progression up the field because it was insane his statistics in college for yards after the catch. And someone like him, who is an athletic freak, can do more after they catch the ball than a Jarvis Landry. And a Jarvis Landry might be better at catching the ball than Njoku, but let's look to, for them special plays. Um, because the more of them special plays you get, the more games you win in an NFL season. So let's recap on what I'd do with a wide receiver room. I'd be looking at spending 10 to 11% if you reduce the numbers from 6 to 5 focusing on getting lots of cheaper outside wide receivers, get those downfield players that are stretching the game, and if they get open, like we saw Tyreek Hill do regularly last season, Alex Smith just launches the ball over the top. You don't need incredible accuracy, as long as it's overthrown to the extent where Tyreek Hill's the only player that can get there. And then you allow your other positions to do the inside game. So don't ever pay a wide receiver big money. And I know you're sitting there thinking it's too late, we've already paid Jarvis. But this is very much about the theory and what we should be doing. Unfortunately, John Dorsey doesn't listen to me on everything. Um, there's a lot of stuff we agree with about a third of the time. There's a third of the time when I don't mind the movies he makes, so give him the benefit of the doubt. And there's a third of the time when he makes moves like the Jarvis Landry deal which is just bizarre. We could have had him for a year, got the benefit out of him, and then allowed him to move on and probably got a third round pick back in compensation. But unfortunately, we paid the guy and we'll have to live with the consequences. I'd love to be proved wrong, by the way. I'd love him to go out there and produce. But based on his career so far, he's not a player that deserves that money. He's not a player that can deliver that way. So let's see what happens. As always, any questions, get in touch. I've had people contact me and say they've really enjoyed the show so far. So let me know what you want to hear more of, what you want me to add, what you want me to get rid of, any questions you want me to add as we cover, because it will be quite a light one next week as I talk tight ends, because I've covered quite a bit of it in this show. But thank you very much again for listening. Thank you, Paul, for allowing me to do this show. And hope you're enjoying uh, Vegas today. I'm sure the weather's been grand. You've probably drunk everything in sight. So uh, your head's probably going to be hurting when you're listening to this. But have a good day, guys. We're nearly there. Game one is just two days away. Bye.